old men rolling dice. Everyone is welcome at our table. Nostalgia is what we do. My name's Drew Ortega, one of the hosts of Cantrips and Coffee. We love tabletop games. We love them so much that we can't stop talking about them or playing them. The trouble is that there's so many to choose from. Now, we could stop and just play the big one, you know, the one that everybody plays, but life is meant for more than just one game for the rest of our lives, isn't it? That's why we're determined to play the best ones. We want to know which are worth our money and which we should probably just skip. Am I close enough to any of the other survivors to reach someone's, like, leg? Yes. Can I crush that person's leg? Yes! Okay, let's... Carl is suddenly looking for a new mentor to be psyched. <laughs> this isn't surprising. When you first did it, I was like, yeah, we got this. Like, we've just been too timid. We have been too scared to touch anything. Like, he's gonna go through, it's gonna be good. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Join us for brand new episodes weekly on Cantrips and Coffee. There is a mountain that no one climbs. It dominates the landscape like fear and the memories of what once lived there. But memory recedes and rumor breeds, and the rumor is a rumor of gold. Someone will be the first to scale the white mountain. It will be someone who is greedy, stupid, or fanatical, but also perhaps lucky. So as I mentioned, there is a settlement at the base of this mountain where you guys took the time to gather, you know, I'm going to assume whether it's on your character sheet or not, that we've gathered some rations, you know, we have some cold weather gear, whether it be like, you know, a heavy parka or something that you've pulled up over your armor, okay? Uh, what you do know, facts about the mountain that you do know, is that once there reigned a powerful cult in this region and they reign from atop this mountain and over half a century ago the villagers rose up and destroyed the cult uh, the place was consecrated by 12 clerics who gave their lives to trap whatever evil lies inside the mountain the mountain has the nickname death frost mountain and it sort of is alone on the landscape you guys have ascended the mountain and you've you've almost reached its summit when you make base camp and you have a few retainers at base camp that will await your return the hope is that you know that cult must have gathered lots of gold from the surrounding region in in years past and it must be lying in uh, their lair atop the mountain so you've ascended the mountain. When you re almost reach the summit, there is a frosty, snowy, uh, flat area, and a graveyard has been built here. Tombstones scatter the rocky, the ro not really a valley, but the rocky plateau here, and they lean at awkward angles, implying they've been here for a very long time. The mountaintop is pretty windswept. There are a few trees. They don't look alive. They look dead. And, you know, ice clings to them, and there is no leaves or anything like that on them. A lonely cabin, sort of dilapidated and leaning 
and sagging roof sits on the far side of the cemetery from you. You stand beside a large, old, maybe oak tree. There is a lone rope hanging from one of the larger branches of the tree. The noose that once was there is gone, but the knot remains and just sort of frayed ends of the rope uh, wisp in the wind. The tr- you notice that the tree, the bark doesn't look quite right about it. It has a, a graying white quality to it. Long icicles and frost clings to the tree and its branches. You can also hear from somewhere out in the cemetery a strange almost like knocking, tapping sound. And it's very faint, but it's out there. I'd like to know who zoned the cemetery up here, because this is terrible location for this. Like, yes. imagine having to carry a body up this mountain every time you wanted to bury someone. Oh. Not to mention the dirt. I mean, it's gravelly, and right now it's cold, so it's frozen. I was going to say, can we tell, like, where, what direction that tapping sound is coming from? Or is it just kind of coming from everywhere well if we if we just think that if you're at the north end of the cemetery and you're looking across it to the cabin on the south side mm-hmm. it's somewhere between you and the cabin between, but no like specifics no kinda, no no and the trail is not straight it sort of winds between the monuments and the uh and there's even bumps in the snow implying that like maybe just a, a cairn of stones has been piled to bury a body mm-hmm. beneath yeah and it, and it twists its way through to the cabin <clears throat> I'd like to uh, check out the tree. The I think you said it was maple, and it was uh, gray. It looks it looks maybe oak. Oh, oak. The exact type of tree, though. It's not. It's not. You're not clear on when you get a little closer to it. Ruin your character can tell that you know maybe your eyes are deceiving you, but it almost looks like it's petrified to the point that it's stone. Eifer will look around at his companions and and say. Oh, there seems to be some strange magic in the air, some some stone magic, but but also these icicles, such a strange effect. Very astute. Stone magic, you say. See how the how the bark has become petrified, but not as if by time, but as if suddenly. A dreaded tree medusa must be around. Oh, they're everywhere! I swear. As, every, as everyone gathers closer to the tree and has a look, you can now tell that even the rope no longer appears to be uh, appears to be rope. That the, the sort of the the furthest end of it away, tied to the tree, uh, looks stone like, and only towards the end of the rope does it start to take on sort of like rope characteristics of sort of moving in the wind and the and the frayed bottom uh, twisting in the breeze. Sounds like we just found a 10 foot pole. Is that what you're you're telling me? Because that's old school. Uh, Dutch elm disease. I've heard of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh yes. There's no reason this can't be educational. You go with it. You go with it. (laughs) It's a serious problem. 
it's going to be a four-hour PSA about Dutch Elm disease. Nobody saw that coming. No. Nobody saw that coming. They're like, did not think that's what Lamentations was about. But I mean, very informative. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's just a bunch of botanists in the production team there. Oh, yeah. I mentioned this was published by, like, some kind of environmentalist group. <laughs> but not a very good one because good apparently one. it's an oak and we're seeing Dutch Elm disease here, so... <laughs> Catching. <laughs> I want someone dwarf, to touch the tree, oh, but yeah. I'm definitely not going to touch the tree. <laughs> as, as a dwarf, I'm being familiar with stonework. Is there anything I can tell by looking at it? Like, is, is it a natural form of stone of some sort? Like, you maybe naturally occurring? You don't, well, you don't think it's faux stone. It's, it's legit. This tree has no. been turned to stone. The rope has been mostly turned to stone, but you've never seen any, any stone like this before. Can I kind of do like a lap of the tree and see if there's any, you know, symbols or or any anything around like the base of the tree that might kind of give a hint as to, you know, its nature, what caused this, any particular significance? Sure. Anything like that? Uh, do you want to do you want to roll me? We'll have our first roll of uh, mm. our first roll of the game here. Hold on one second. And we'll Don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who are we? Zamir, right? Zamir. Yeah. And Zamir would have to roll his his search. So a sure. D a D six. Okay. And do you want me using digital dice or real dice, or do you have a preference? Your, your preference. I want you whatever's more fun for you. Oh, obviously, real dice. Uh, I rolled a one. Okay, that's good because you're trying. Success in this. You're trying. Yeah. You're trying to get so skills in lamentations. All skills use a D6, and you either have a one in six. All people have a one in six chance of all the skills there. Specialists, which uh, Zamir is, can have some skills higher. Also, the demi-humans in the group could have a skill higher here and there. So what you, you... calling demi-human. So can, I, can I cut in here for a sec? So every character, I didn't misread the rules. Like, there's no way to get above a, a six, or sorry, a one out of six, unless your character tells you to, That's or correct. you're the specialist. That's so correct. you only ever have a one in six chance of completing a skill roll? That's correct. Okay, I just know I just found out what type of game we're in for, and uh, <laughs> I have to process this in my mind. I and think those he, are pretty good odds. Uh, not so much, um, but uh, <laughs> including their dog. Means what you think it means? Look, including <laughs> the dog, there's six party members. I'll let you do the math there. Let's let, so that's not how statistics six. work. <laughs> As Zamir moves around around the tree nothing different nothing special about the tree but you do notice you know the knocking you get sort of a better idea of where that is and it's sort of coming from the from the western it's definitely to the west of the tree okay out, out amongst the stones and uh we're gonna say that harry sort of moves over and relieves himself on the stone tree harry what are you doing he just looks at Ew. you indiscriminately and then moves back to you. It's cold up here. The cold air does that to him. Yeah, I'll uh, communicate to the rest of the group. And I, uh, that the tapping seems to be coming from the West. And wipes his nose because just perpetually sick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say I love how you changed your name on Zoom to Zamir, whose mother didn't expect much. <laughs> <laughs> He wants the whole character there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
it's really tough to fill in on like government forms. They never give me enough spaces. <laughs> never enough boxes. No. No, no, never. <laughs> it's like the horrible explanation of how Han Solo got his name. Yeah. It's that. <laughs> We're not opening that can of worms. No, no. <laughs> Did love that movie, except I for that part. Feel, I feel like oh, there's yeah. a rant somewhere in there. I like oh, Solo yeah. too. Maybe it's we a great movie, movie, but that doesn't but make sense. Obviously, anyways, we need a movie review uh, podcast, oh, side podcast. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, as you stand there, a, a gust of wind hits the cemetery. Little flakes of snow or drift off the top of uh, off the top of the roof of the cabin, as well as off the top of the gravestones and that, and some drift out over the edge into the nothingness that surrounds you on almost the summit of this mountain and knocking is it like a constant or is it like like somebody's actually knocking on a door or i don't know the inside of a coffin so you you give that some you get you give that a little bit more time listening to it it does have a pattern you think the more you listen to it and you're not even sure it's knocking anymore maybe it's Maybe Darcy thinks it's scratching. Also possibly from the inside of a coffin. Am I just being superstitious? Uh, typically, scratching noises. Not great sounds to be hearing in a cemetery. Well, uh-huh. You go first. <laughs> All right. So does Zamir move towards the sound? Sure. Uh, definitely like pulls out his his dagger at the ready he didn't live this long and this sickly by not being cautious um so okay so you move you move amongst the stones and the lumps of uh, piled rock beneath the stone you can hear it now too for zamir it's not really knocking anymore either it might almost be like like maybe someone maybe beatboxing or some sort of drum <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing someone like hiding behind like a, a yeah, like a tombstone now. And and you're standing, you're it's coming, it's coming from an indentation in the snow in front of you. Gotta head up that concert. DJ Skelly D is bringing some beats. <laughs> so there's just, just Zamir just sees the slightest, the slightest indication of a dip in the snow in front of him. And it's right at the edge, like this. It, the, the last sort of cemetery stones are right there where you're standing and just outside of sort of the radius of these stones there's this dip it's also precariously cl- it's getting much closer to the the edge of the mountain but more so th- there's a bit of a slope running off here so there's this dip in the snow a few more feet and then a pretty significant slope running down to the edge of a cliff and like this the the beatboxing is definitely getting louder like the closer i get to this it's not it's not so much louder it's just clearer you you can identify that it's not knocking and it's not it's not scratching it's oingo boingo having a dead man's party sorry uh uh uh, yeah approach the the dip uh i'm not like Go, like stepping into the dip but like getting okay. like right up to the edge of it so, so as you move to the edge the snow under your feet it, it's 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 got it's got this uh very cold layer of frost over everything mm. and you can hear the snow sort of like cracking and crunching beneath your boots uh you're not sinking into it but it just sort of pops and cracks under under your feet and uh, when you get to the edge there's a pop and a crack 
just sort of runs all the way across the indentation a bit. You see a bit of the snow sort of roll off that crack and down into something beneath the, beneath the indentation. Just gave somebody a really good chiropractic appointment. (laughs) Where's everybody else? Is everybody else still at the tree sort of watching Zamir out, out, out amongst the stones? I'm about oh, 50 feet away. I think Sal would back Zamir up. He'd be pretty close to the <laughs> to the spectacle at this point. Maybe a few feet back. Uh, he's a good sort of 70, 80 feet from that tree. Yeah, Eifer would have kind of half the distance between the tree and Zamir. Does it appear from like the crack as it fell in? Does Do I get any sense of like how deep it goes? Like, does it seem like it's like, like a tunnel or just like an empty grave or yeah you're not you're not sure not, you not you, sure. Would ha- okay. you would have to clear the crack is maybe only an inch or two across okay. and uh and you're unable to tell um what lies beneath right now we're gonna say by the way that the sun is out it's maybe midday but it's overcast today and the and as right. i said there's a wind blowing are there any like large stones or like pieces of like broken oh, tombstone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be, okay. Would I be able to take one and just kind of like give it sure. a, a heave? Sure. <laughs> Which is so it's like those satis- those videos where you see people throwing <laughs> rocks off of bridges. Oh, uh, the best. <laughs> so you you throw this, you throw this stone, it breaks through the snow and ice there. You hear it clang off of something metal. And then it rolls a bit away. And from what you see, once it's rolled away, you can see that there is a grate just beneath the snow. The snow that you disturb sort of falls through the grate and disappears. Interesting. Almost like the wind has like caused a bit of a drift, right? Over top of this grate. Right. And you've just broken it open a little bit. If I kind of like bend down and get closer, like, can I see anything through the grate? You sort of crouch down and move over uh, to it. And you, sure enough, there is an iron grate there that covers a just a shaft about 10 feet down and then the shaft is choked with a strange viscid uh semi-transparent substance and the bit of snow that you've it hits that and then you can see the snow is melting like there's a little bit of warmth to it it kind of looks like snot <laughs> not the bodily fluid i was i was thinking but all right no. <laughs> nope. nope shaft in the crack and going and warming i'm glad i'm not the only one who's nope. went there that, that validates me a little bit also <laughs> also as zamir uh leans in the sound the sound is much clearer and it's it, it's some sort of a song but what whatever this fluid choking the tunnel is like just imagine listening to a concert on the other side of an aquarium. There would be all kinds of distortion and muting. And it, there's something coming through. There's some sort of music being played other than the, the deep. You think what you're hearing is sort of the, the bass end of things reverberating through. Right. But still unclear. Like you could you could maybe hum the, the beat of the okay. song, but you're, it's, it's still not clear enough to actually hear what what. It is. And though the rest of you, as the as Zamir has opened the top of this grate up from the snow and everything, it's a little clearer to you now, too, that it, it's maybe it's maybe some sort of singing or or some sort of chanting. I uh yeah, I back away a little bit and just kind of let everyone know like there's no you know, there's no immediate threat. There seems to be some kind of uh shaft or tunnel here. Um I'm not sure if anyone else wants to 
come and inspect and see if you under know what this strange liquid is. Um, uh, I want to throw one of my silver pieces down into the liquid. See what okay. happens to it. I might be dating myself here, but it's like you drop the coin and it hits the top of a waterbed. It just sort of, it's sort of like, <laughs> there's a bit of a reaction to it, like, but it, it's very quickly stabilized and the coin's just lying there on top of this. Is this something bushcraft might be able to help with? You can give me a bushcraft roll, sure. Ah, uh, balls. You have no idea. <laughs> sure is a liquid. Uh, yeah. Gross. You notice that the coin doesn't sink, though. Ifer is going to step forward and, and uh, try to light something on fire with this tinderbox. Drop that down and see if anything happens. So um, explodes like a flaming bow. Yeah. Just <laughs> up the top. Oh. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, like, um, oh, what would be something good that he could gather? You know, he'll just take a piece of it, like cloth off of his tunic and uh, just kind of light that on. Just get it smoking a little bit and okay. then drop it down. Suddenly, the slime king bursts forth and eats us all. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that little bit uh, falls and just lays on the surface, burning. I feel like oh. that's more unsettling. <laughs> yeah. How far down did you say? Like the liquid is? Like we could about, like about ten touch feet. It? About ten feet. Where's okay. that ten foot pole? I was just thinking, like I have arrows. Like I could take an arrow and try to like poke it and like break surface tension but uh, that'd be probably too far we could we could shoot an arrow into it right yeah. could shoot an arrow into it we could cut your arm off and drop that down <laughs> and that extra weight might help i'm not keen to take advice from salmonella uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> i'm bringing the heels we'll just fix that hole right up you won't have an arm but who needs one anyways exactly uh sure i'll try shooting uh, an arrow into the slime Okay, so you you aim between the grates. Give me give yeah. me a bow give me a bow check, just to see if you All totally. Right. All right, so the arrow goes between between uh, between the cracks and it sort of hits this material and it penetrates it at like you're like oh there it goes and but it only gets like maybe a few inches in where and then it reacts to the impact and pushes the arrow back out. Interesting. Do we get a sense of like the depth it traveled, like how thick this slime layer maybe? Uh, no, because it like no. only sort of the head of the arrow sort of went oh, okay. into it, and then it was just sort of pushed back out. It doesn't even it didn't even mark the surface. It's just like the the impact was sort of taken right. by the whatever it is, and then pushed back. Okay, out. okay. We bottle it and sell it to children. It's the perfect plan. <laughs> we'll make YouTube videos on how to make it. <laughs> <laughs> You mean talking scrolls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I feel like this is kind of as far as we're going to get with this slime. So I'm going to start making my way towards the shack. Towards shack. This is either super important or entirely non consequential. So when you approach the cabin, as I said, it's sort of, it's sort of leaning a bit to one side. The roof is cave just slightly it hasn't given total way there's also a well that you now can see to the side of the cabin and the uh, the windlass and bucket appear to have been petrified just like the tree i'm almost certain this is not just from the test of time 
No. Why is everything made <laughs> of stone? Hazarding a guess. <laughs> we should check the well to make sure there isn't like 10 feet down another viscous <laughs> yeah. layer. The... You can also see that the cabin, like the wood walls of the cabin, have also petrified. From your distance, it looks like there is writing just across every board of the cabin. There's ice, there's ice clinging to it. You can't make out what the writing says, but there's definitely little grooves and patterns in the in the surface of all the boards of the cabin. Uh, Eifer will go check out the words. So as you as you sort of step up the steps, sure enough, the front door also petrified. Its top hinge lies on the porch of the cabin. And the second hinge near the bottom of the door mm, does not look entirely attached. And sure enough, there is the strange scrawling writing over everything. Not a single board or window frame or door frame is missed. If there is space to scratch writing into what was once wood, now stone, that has been done. Does it, like, is it in common? It is a language that you have never seen before, Aover. If the elf hasn't seen it, you know it's a real fancy language. Someone Did someone say they were going to check out the well, or did I miss that? No, I think Barnabas is going to walk over and just take a peek in the well to make sure we don't have a similar subterranean issue that we have in the grate. So as you look down into the well, the as I said, the crank, the windlass, uh, the bucket, there's stone. There is some old rope here, but you're not sure that the crank can even be turned any longer. Mm-hmm. As you look down into the well, you can see that there is, there is water down there. And surprisingly, is not frozen even at this height and temperature. Eifer is gonna, as as they're waiting at the well, or as he's waiting for people at the well, he's gonna try to take a um, a sketching of the um, yeah. of the writing. He's got some ink and he's got some uh, parchment. So, okay. So as you do that, you start to notice mm-hmm. that whatever has been written here, mm-hmm. there is uh, a repetitious quality to it. It's like a pattern keeps repeating over and over. Like you find the same uh, characters, uh, the same words, if they're if they are mm-hmm. that, repeating themselves. There's a there's a great deal of writing, but there's so much scrawled here that you start to find sections of one piece of writing scrawled somewhere else, like a little further down the cabin wall or around a window frame. The the parts that seem recurring, um, he's going to make sure he gets that down. I guess at some point in time, inside the cabins going to have to be a point of interest nah <laughs> it's fine everything's fine everything's fine all fine you uh, could even point out just like the the broken hinges i dare um, you to enter <laughs> <laughs> triple dog dare a triple dog not dare. you harry <laughs> <laughs> what is the point of having the dog if we don't send the dog in first come on <laughs> The canine dogs. Companionship? Uh. <laughs> yeah, no. He just carries my things. I was actually going to call over Barnabas and ask if he could just smash open those uh, hinges there. Absolutely. Or like uh, destroy the rest of the door. <laughs> Smashing's what I do. That's Okay. Yeah. Um, I can uh, take a peek at it. Uh, determine I have a Warhammer and I also have a Miner's pick, which would be the best your tool. your preference what would you like to hit the remaining uh, i'm gonna get on the, the old miners pick this is okay. a this is like a tool of the trade so you bring your, up you bring your pick out line it up 
Give her a shot. Give it a whack. The the bottom hinge immediately falls off and the door sort of just begins to tip out onto Barnabas. It, it, not to the point that like it catches you off guard, but mm. like as the as the hinge shears off, it starts to fall forward onto you. I would jump yeah. back on my little dwarf do. legs. Barnabas steps out of the way. The stone door hits the the stone, the the stone porch. It cracks in about three pieces. Part of it falls off the porch and the other two parts remain. Beyond, you can see a room. As you sort of stand looking at the down door, you can see three chairs and a desk. A great uh, book lies uh, upon the desk. It is the, the book is as thick as a man's torso. There's a fireplace. And hanging above the fireplace is a stag's head. You're not sure what kind of deer that is because its its horn its its antlers are very aggressive looking, very like ending. It's quite horny. It's very horny, baby. Uh, it ends at sharp, sharp points, and it's gnarled and twisted. There is also a large mirror uh, standing in the one corner of the room. But what Barnabas's eyes land on is in the center of the room, there is a trap door in the floor. There's all these rings that have been embedded into the floor around the trap door and chains crisscross between uh, those rings with a very large padlock to hold whatever is beneath that trap door shut. Bet it's their pantry. Uh, does it look like anyone's been in this house for a while? Or is there like a layer of dust on everything? Like, do we just break into someone's actual no, current there, residence? There is, there is it, it does not appear like the, okay. the hearth doesn't have any like recently burnt wood in it. There's maybe some okay. ash and there is, um, and there is uh, a very thin layer of uh, dust on things. So the outside walls of this cabin have been, petrified or turned to stone the inside of these walls Same. and the contents inside so the contents as well have turned to stone or just like it's eating its way in it's just gone to the walls no every, everything that would normally be made of wood appears to be petrified okay but non-wood items so like the stag's head that's correct not petrified interesting so now okay. what about what used to be wood like the paper no the, the paper the, the paper does the, the book does not how far appear. does this go it's turned into gravel. It's not quite stone. <laughs> um, then Sal's going to go flip that puppy open and check out what's in that sweet, sweet, gigantic book. Okay. As your foot crosses the threshold of the cabin. There it is. Rookie mistake. A, what are you doing? A faint, a faint melodic uh, song sort of begins to drift through the air, played by some sort of maybe harpsichord or something uh there there's a hallway leaving this main room of the cabin and it's coming from another room somewhere inside as you approach the book as i said the book is uh, as thick as a man's torso when you reach it it becomes obvious that it is bound in some sort of skin mm. Mm. The fittings are tarnished brass, and the cover uh, has scrolled writing across it, very similar to the writing that encircles the cabin. Like, who wants to touch a skin book? Like, that's just not exactly my 
it sound appealing to me. I do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, technically, every leather-bound book is kind of a skin book. That's so. a good point. <laughs> technically. I feel like Eifer is just, like, behind Sal and, like, looking over his shoulder being like, what do you see? Huh? What's that? Sal's gonna go and just walk then behind Eifer and be like, push him towards the book. Oh, yes. So Here I go. As Eifer looks at the book, you can't help but notice, like, unlike leather that would be st- perhaps dyed or had it have its color, this looks like the palest of skin. And upon closer inspection, you can even see that the, you know, you know, the tiniest bit of uh, delicate hairs are still intact upon the book's cover and its spine. Ooh, that's a high quality skin book. Someone put some real effort into that one. So first he's going to vomit uh, and then he's going to uh, look and see, is there any sort of writing on the cover or is it just kind of a skin cover? There, No, there is a title on the cover. What it says, you're not sure. Okay. Does it track with the writing that you said it was like the yes. same as what's outside, but like absolutely not the same pattern? No, no. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to open it. So as you open the book, it cracks with age and and inside this guy never moisturize inside uh the pages of parchment are scrawled with names i know you've read enough cthulhu to not to not want to do anything with this book the names the names (laughs) at the beginning of the book are, are barely even recognizable as names and some record what you believe to be unpronounceable combinations of letters. As you move through the book, you notice that like the handwriting changes, the ink changes. This book has recorded many, many years. Uh, The number of uh, names are innumerable. Uh, There's just two, there, there would be too many to count as you roll page after page. You also notice that there are, there's dates beside the names. And the dates reveal time gaps ranging from a few years to over a thousand. The last, so... the last few pages are a dozen unused. And then the last few pages that are written on have very familiar sounding names in the common tongue and alphabet. And the dates on them? And each one on the last few pages, uh, they're very current. And there is a red bloody fingerprint beside the last sort of 50, 60 or so names. Creepy guest book. My first thought is like directory for the cemetery, but there's be- no way it's that big. Be- being an elf, you know, maybe Zamir even mentions that. And that's exactly how the book feels. It's like, it's the recording of dead people. You, you can't help, but your mind goes there. And also be- being an elf and having dealt with many a spell book before, uh, this book will not survive any sort of rough handling or the rigors of any kind of, you know, hasty travel. You also feel like there's there's some real worth here. That these dates and names go so far back in history. Historians, you think, you know, this book has value. Oh, I was right. It is a guest book. <laughs> uh, yes, but the thousand years and hundreds of years of gaps suggest whatever party is happening only happens once in a while. Mm. So it is a dead man's party. So do we sign our names or do we just kind of not keep touching the creepy 
creepy book. Be being an elf and having lived longer than maybe your party members, uh, you also note that a lot, many of the, you know, as the writings changed, the, the calendar, the way the calendar works and has been recorded also changes. And, you know, there's well over a few dozen different calendars being used inside this book. Stood the ages of time, but also the many, many different civilizations, falls of empires. So as the bookkeepers, as as Aofer is going through page after page, the rest of you looking about the room, you know, you recognize that there's there's three chairs, uh, one at the desk where Aofer is, and two in another corner, and there's a mirror to one side of the room. And now that you're in, you can actually see the wall that was sort of against. Uh, the wall that was with the door you were looking through. So you hadn't noticed it before, but a cabinet-sized water clock carved in vaguely cathedral-like shape stands against the wall. Is it functional? Appears to be. It's about, uh, you know, five minutes before the hour. We'll say, you know, it's about two or three, let's say two o'clock in the afternoon, just after midday. Now that I've entered the house... Um, and like hearing that tune and everything, does yes. it kind of match the no, no, no it's, it's not different. the same. Okay, it actually the, the the one that you're hearing here is a little more, um, a little more jaunty. Okay, and you said that's coming from upstairs. There is nope, there is a hallway, uh, pardon me, a doorway, uh, that's shut leading out of the uh, out of this room in the cabin that you're in. Oh, okay, before I check that out, can I? bend down over the trap door and see if I hear anything from below. Okay. How close do you get to the trap door? <laughs> close enough that you're not going to make me roll anything. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like how close uh, do you get your ear to that trap? Like door? I'm not touching it because like, okay. I'm still afraid of like how everything is turning to stone, but like, yeah, I don't know. A couple of inches away. Okay. So you very slowly lean yourself down over it. You're getting closer and closer till you're only a few inches off the door and you, you, you don't hear anything. Do you want to give me a, a check? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, search check? Yeah, give me a search check. Sure, check. Nope. Failed. Five. Okay. All's, yeah, I'm not, all's quiet. Yeah. Touching a weird skin book with, with your hands is one thing. Putting my head <laughs> against it is very different. <laughs> so. Does anybody in our party have Tinker? Uh, just the regular one. Everyone has a one in six chance of tinker. S sorry, mm -hmm. anybody have a better tinker? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm really interested in that mirror. I feel like, how big is that mirror? Uh, it's like a it's like a bedroom, a tall, like a stand, tall standing mirror. Okay. I wonder if we could cut that into like five pieces and each carry a piece. <laughs> I mean, cut might be a generous <laughs> term. Well, you know, break. You could probably break it. <laughs> If we don't know how many pieces it'll come into, but it's pretty well, big. Also, you know, when like, you break a mirror, you get seven years bad luck, correct? Yeah. Also, like, we're spooky here to house, make our like, luck. I'm not positive we're not going to like look in the mirror and not see like I don't know dead versions of ourselves or something. Like, well, I'm just thinking like Medusa, right? Like, if this is something like that, then that would uh, <laughs> petrify herself. I don't okay, think well, Sal was serious about a tree Medusa. <laughs> I think that was a joke. I mean, I'm <laughs> serious about a Medusa. Aofer, as you move over to the to the mirror to check it out, you've you've left the book behind. You are startled to notice that you're you can see everyone else in the mirror, but you cannot see yourself. You're a vampire. Sorry. Like that. <laughs> I'm very much going to point that out and see if somebody else does the same thing. The I'll look at the mirror. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 
Everybody sort of takes a boo at the mirror. You can all see yourselves, but you can't, none of you can see Aofer in the mirror. What the hell? Let's get one of these. (laughs) 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 Stop that. Take a silver piece and throw it at him. I'm a little confused about like vampires and werewolves. So, (laughs) (laughs) because you're an elf. I don't know. (laughs) Is that a thing? I mean, why not? Uh, Okay, well, that's very concerning to me. Um, I'm going to leave that thing alone. I don't like it. It seems unnatural. I'm going to go back to the book and I'm going to figure out. There is also scroll work around the glass and the glass is faintly bubbled from age. The writing around the mirror is the same that you've seen everywhere else. We know anything about the nature of elves and mirrors? Yeah, elves can be seen in mirrors. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently... to fuck with you. The first person to walk in front of it just dies. (laughs) Man, this language is really tripping me up. If you'd like to take a moment... You can definitely, there is a, there is a read language skill. You have a one in six chance of sort of, if you spend some time, if you spend some time with it, seeing if you can decipher a little bit of it. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to do that based on like, um, the book, the, the sketching that I've gotten Mm. and that. Okay. Are you, when what specific you, so you're going to try to translate either the sketch, you're going to translate the sketchings from outside. Basically, is that the piece you're working on? Are you working on the title of the book? Or the scrolling around the mirror. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's you know like... what. Let, just roll a roll a d six, and I'll let you know if like I think you have a one in languages, yeah. right? Yeah, I do. I have a two in languages. Can I? <laughs> like, yeah, you can totally help, help the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ahead. I failed. Uh, I got a two. A two. Yeah. So since you had, you know, you you paid a bit of attention to the book, so we're gonna talk about what the book. Uh, sure. The book. So the book title, you don't know. You, you're seeing some similarities in letters and things like that, and you think the book says that which was given. That's really creepy language for a cemetery. <laughs> like the, I I don't like to think about that. Uh, all right. So yeah. So I communicate that to everyone. Just like. Uh, this this book says something about you know things being given, like a body. I, I would assume so. What if we write down our names in the book, like Affy suggested? That's a horrendous idea. I didn't <laughs> suggest that. I just suggested that perhaps it is a guest book. Mm, what if we it write is. the dog's name in the book? All right. The, the blatant Harry, Harry looks at Sal like Harry looks at Sal all the time. He's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> I feel like this dog is clearly a litmus test for everything we run into, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> We're gonna end up on that website. Does the dog die? Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> let's keep this. Let's keep this moving along. <laughs> Do we? Would any of us know anything about um, like different cultures in the area or like historical cultures that might like have viewed death as like giving something back to the land or like to the gods or something along those lines? Well, you do know that, you know, there was a cult on the mountain. Just over half a century ago, the cult on the mountain Mm -hmm. was overthrown. Yeah. But it was there for a long time. Right. But do we know like any details about the cult and like their yeah they were or just they were you know good dudes they were not good dudes (laughs) they were not good dudes 
that which was given might be referring to sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just a small aside. I've never heard of a cult that was made up of good dudes. Like <laughs> we're a cult of humanitarians. <laughs> I mean, if you ask them, they probably say they're fine. Like, yeah, they don't call themselves cults. Yeah. All those people that bought air fryers in the pandemic. I'm sure some of them are nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Am I writing Harry's name in? <laughs> I don't know. Are you writing Harry's name in? I have ink. Oh, man. <laughs> Do it. He writes Do it. it. Harry the dog. Okay. As you start to write Harry, Aofer can't help but think about like how many other people over the ages have written in this book. And there's there's sort of like there's something mystical about that that this book has been is so old and and you know so many other hands have touched it and written in it as you finish the the dog and your pen lifts off the paper you're just struck by that very strange <laughs> all of the wandering passerbys and, and vagabonds and clerics who must have journeyed here just to write in this very book you just Harry wrote Harry the dog. The dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yes, even animals have curiosities. <laughs> and sometimes you'll distract them from that curiosity and you'll forever wonder, what were they going to do? Probably lick themselves. One might hope. Weirdest David Attenborough voiceover I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anything I want to check Harry out the that dog? music. So Sal pushes open the the door leaving this room and finds themselves in a in what appears to be a kitchen or pantry. Empty <sighs> cabinets and shelves and counters along the exterior walls are uh, are visible. There are three doors leaving this room to side rooms of the of the cabin, and you can see a door that. Uh, a fourth door that appears to be the back door of the cabin. One door in particular, you can hear uh, music, the music coming from. I mean, this is quite the cabin. Like we need to like, you know, buy this place, flip it, make some fixes on it. We can make some good money here. I know there's a cemetery, but we get it zoned as like a historical cemetery. It'll increase the value. It's perfect. I just, I don't know, guys. This is like a beautiful, beautiful establishment. Of, uh, establishment. Yes, this is such a fine establishment here. Um, I would like to add one of the pans to my armor. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you find an appropriate piece of kitchenware as you walk through. You pick it up. You've sort of pulled it up to make sure it's going to cover what you need covered. And uh, yep, it'll nice. fit. It'll take a little bit to jury rig it on. The music is definitely louder here. As I said, of the three interior doors and the one exterior door, you you know which one the music is coming from. And everybody else, you know, whether you're still in the first room or moved on to the pantry can uh, can hear that as well. I would like to open the door that is the exact opposite side of the music door. <laughs> so not the music door, but the one across from it. Yep. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> So as the door opens, uh, a, t a small bedroom lies beyond. There is a nightstand and footlocker. On the nightstand is a candle and a bag. Definitely going in that bag. Opening that puppy up. Just like Eofer was trying to do. <laughs> so as you, uh, you move over and open the top of the bag, it has very tight drawstrings, but you open it up. And inside the bag, there is 
sort of a purpley red powder. Look, it, it's fun dip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, was used be... to make the thumbprints in the book. Would it be something? Do you, you want to come in and check it out, Barnabas? Yeah, like maybe. Being a dwarf, you recognize this powder immediately. It's a legendary substance known as purple lotus power powder. And dwarves believe that it has the ability to transform someone into a god or annihilate them in the space of seconds. It's just like meth, right? <laughs> it's, it's like pur purple cocaine. Purple cocaine. Yeah, it's like, I've never heard of powdered meth, but I'm in. <laughs> Did not expect any uh, of that. <laughs> like, so like Barnabas's a, eyes just... There's just a stash sitting right here. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> there's, about, there's about 10 doses worth in the, in the, you know, if everything Barnabas knows to be true about the purple lotus is true oh this explains all the writing on the walls this that <laughs> so they were just tweaking is what you're saying yeah. <laughs> i mean this is definitely a drug den we saw how the door yeah. was on everything there was, was a ledger of past customers aofer uh, <laughs> as you hear they found this powder uh you've heard similar stories that of of this powder being a magic user that it has the ability to transform people as well as utterly destroy them. He's going to look at it and he's going to be like, um, perhaps only about as much as that, that small portion between your thumb and pointer <laughs> finger. That's all you'll want. I, I hear I any more than that guns. and things get crazy. I noticed now that Aofer has like one pinky nail a little longer than all the others. <laughs> 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 So, like, they're cooking in the basement, right? That's why it's all chained <laughs> That's up. That's why it's chained up. <laughs> like Breaking Bad going on down there. Like Walter. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, the sound does sound like the Grateful Dead. So... <laughs> Sal's definitely going to tie that back up and tie it to, you know, his belt. If it's sizable enough for him to carry it. Okay. Absolutely. Sal, give, give me a D6 roll. Okay. I don't like this. Uh, on a, that's a three. Okay. All right. So, you know, you, you, you cinch the bag again and it closes up and uh, yeah, the tight, that's what, that's what the role is for to see if he accidentally got a sniff while he was. Uh... <laughs> oh, it'll get there at some point. I'm just waiting until I'm lower in health. <laughs> when the shit has hit the proverbial wall. Yeah. We're all doing hits of this. Purple yeah, cell. Sal does all ten doses. <laughs> purple lotus powder, not even once. I'm a god. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping the shirt off. Runs into the wall, knocks himself out. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, that track. <laughs> and all of you that have moved sort of towards the back of the house with the purple powder. Uh, being found at, can hear the music from behind that door. And then there's another door that stands quiet. And of course the door outside the back door. Uh, I'll open the other quiet door. Okay. You open the other quiet door and this room as well appears to be uh, a bedroom, uh, a little bigger than the one that the powder was found in. There's, there's a wardrobe, a bedpan and a large pack in the corner. There are slippers at the foot of the bed with a comfortable looking bedroll rolled out on top of the blankets on the bed. 
as if uh, as if someone has been squatting here. Uh, can I check the pack? Absolutely. So you check the pack out. Inside the pack, there's 50 feet of silk rope. There's some extra clothes and a pickaxe, some cooking pots, some rations, a grappling hook, a climbing harness. Uh, a f- there's flint and tinder. There's some lamp oil, some candles, and a lantern. Okay. So pretty sizable. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I'll bring the pack out so that everyone can kind of take what they need. I'll take the climbing harness because I've already got most of the other stuff that was mentioned in there. Okay. So add uh, the climbing harness to your to your pack. Uh, you notice that the rations have not gone bad. This is recent. Not a B and E if you're adventurers. Oh, totally under the bed. It's always under the bed. Well, there's a foot. <laughs> there's a footlocker sort of half under the bed. Do you want to pull that out? Yeah. I'm gonna actually just arm up, turn around, and watch the door to make sure nobody's coming in behind okay. us. Like, okay. Like, like, dude, that's my shit. Like, I don't want that guy <laughs> showing up right now. Fair. Leave the tweaking. <laughs> so inside the footlocker you find a book a quill and some ink and a sheathed short sword resting on top of the book um, the yeah, book is you. nothing like the one that you found in the other room it looks like just a modern sort of journal okay uh can i open it up and yeah. read it really quickly yeah the the book appears to be the diary and climbing journal of a norquist orve it's written in common tongue in the, in the common tongue of the area, rather, and it includes diagrams and maps and routes he took to ascend the mountain. He appears to be a proud and accomplished mountaineer from the notes within, uh, as well as a deeply embittered tax dissident from a place <laughs> called from a place called Achen. Nice. Aren't we all. <laughs> you think if you took the time to actually read this, you could probably benefit from an experienced mountaineer's notes. Okay. I suspect we don't have time for me to read the whole thing right now. Um, but before I pocket it, can I just flip to like the most recent entry? See like when it is and if there's anything that kind of jumps out? Uh, just that he he is grateful to have found shelter atop okay. the mountain as a storm has arrived. And he intends to, you know, he'll, he's going to make rest here and then return down the mountain in the morning. Uh, I'm definitely going to pocket the journal. Um, again, like you said, there might be some useful stuff in there. Uh, yes, if you if if you can take a few hours to go through it when using climbing gear, you would have a bonus to climb. Also, okay. if you if you read the rest of his notes, uh, you would get a bon- a bonus check on your intelligence on any roles involving assessing tax policy. Perfect. Wow, he was very well versed <laughs> wow. in dodging taxes. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pocket that and then read through that when we have time. Okay, so you take the journal, yeah, tuck it away, and then anything else that's in there. Again, free game to everyone. I've got one of everything else that he mentioned. I wouldn't mind taking the ink and quill just to have some reserves, unless somebody sure. else needed some. Uh, was there anything else of note in the room that Sal went and found his sweet, sweet powder in? No, just just that, <laughs> just the powder. That's the coolest room, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> there was there was a candle there. It looks like it hadn't been burnt for some time, though. Yeah, I don't need a candle. Yeah, you got drugs. I got a book. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people just aren't loved as much when Christmas comes around. It's the way it goes. <laughs> it sounds like the difference between me and my brother's rooms. Uh... <laughs> your, your brother's a big reader? No. <laughs> um, Ifer is going to grab the book as gently as possible this is going to take it this is the big book 
The big book. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to pack it away as best as you can. I'm thinking so. Okay. Yeah. Or, or the other option is to try to hide it somewhere. Okay. So my other option then is uh, one of those rooms had a sack in it, right? Like just like an empty sack. Well, there's the the pack pack in the bedroom with all the stuff in it. Okay. Would anybody mind if he took that backpack and put the book in it and then like went and ditched it outside behind a tombstone? Seems really weird. <laughs> he wants it for later, not for now. Not so exactly you, but I agree. It's weird. <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's just a great tome of knowledge. I like your squirreling oh, tactics. You know, it's not like this book hasn't sat here for potentially thousands of years unmoved, but we'll, we'll hide it. <laughs> so you wrap it in the pack, you take it outside, tuck it away behind a tombstone or something somewhere? Okay. Yeah, yeah a real safe one. All right. And then he's going to join up with the team. But as he goes by, what, uh, like, tell me what, what, what is the name on the tombstone that you tuck it behind? Uh, Tucker B. Jarvie. Tucker B. Jarvie. Okay. Yep. J. Jingle, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to write that down because sure as shit, you're going to ask that to me later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you can find the book if you can remember where you put it. <laughs> Just tell uh, me the name. Tell me the name. As he, as he goes back <laughs> to join with the team, he's going to take the mirror and just smash it. Like, just <laughs> topple it onto the ground. Okay. That was all him. I am not. So, while you guys wait for Aether to go out and tuck the thing away and come back, or are people doing other things while he's gone? I want to look in the music room. 